Cam Rising confirmed he did tear his ACL, but will he be ready to go by the time the Florida game rolls around? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, on today's show. We're diving in and talking about Cam Rising, reacting to him officially confirming that it was an ACL injury. Also talk about Brian Johnson, who's going to be Philly's next offensive coordinator, according to Adam Scheffner. A little bit more on the Andy Ludwig situation and fishing off of some Utah women's basketball talk. My name is JT still former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And joining me for today's show to break down all the news and a lot more, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor, Sammy Mora. And Sammy... Look, a lot of people were speculating, theorizing. There's a lot out there. Yeah, that came towards ACL. You hear the official word from him. You heard him talk about it last week with Bill Riley on ESPN 700. Just a little bit more from Cam on it. He said he hopes to be fully ready to go by the beginning of the season. He says, just up to me. I got to make sure I'm doing everything that I can to make sure I'm ready for fall camp and then get ready once the season comes around. So will he be ready to go by that Florida game? As of right now, I'm going to say yes, just because I want to believe in Cam Rising. But also, I mean, the average time for ACL injuries like this is a lot of times is nine months. Now, athletes have beat that and done better than that. We've seen phenomenal stories before about how guys are able to accelerate that process. So I think there's a chance he can definitely do it. I want to believe he can do it, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if someone else has to start that first game, that being Nate or Bryson, because look, ACL injuries are really difficult. Yeah, I'm 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 optimistic. Um, That's where I'm going to put it. I I think that we're going we're going to see Cam next season I think like no matter yep. what. Yep. Um but I don't I it's just interesting if he does suit up in that first game versus Florida and even if he if he if he does like I if it gets out of hand in Utah either on either side I could see Utah being like okay we're going to we're going to ring uh, uh whatever this is I this motion <laughs> I'm doing with a fishing rod. We're going to reel you back yes, in. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to reel you back in a little bit just to keep like healthy because I personally, in my opinion, you want to keep him healthy for that Baylor game. That's mm-hmm. from where I sit. I think that's more of a like toss up game. In my opinion, I, I, I know it's so easy, like so early to say those kind of things, but like looking at how depleted Florida is going to be heading into this next season. I agree. Um, I think it's a lot more it's a lot win- more winnable for Utah this time around. For sure. But that Baylor game is very important, I think. Um so if you get that Baylor game and then like sit him for the SUU game. Mhm. Or is it is SUU or is it Weber? It's actually Weber this year, but yeah. Weber. But, uh, the, whatever whatever same, the whatever that thing. yeah, it's whatever the that FCS game is, just yeah. sit him for that one. Mm-hmm. So like sit him for Weber and let Nate or Bryson take it over. Yeah. And like then you keep him healthy heading into Pac-12 play, which I think is going to be <sighs> this. They did not do Utah any favors <laughs> nope. with the schedule this year. Like they said, oh, you're the Pac-12 champs. We're going to give you everything we have. And yes. that's it. So you're going to play USC. You're going to play Oregon, Washington, and UCLA. And going <laughs> so to were, Oregon State. And Oregon. And on go to week. on a short week where they're, <laughs> where they're uh, uh, introducing their new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> like it is setting up for a uh spooky Friday night in Corvallis. Friday, Thursday, whatever day of the week game it is, like a short week game. Yeah. 
like it's setting up for like not a good time yeah it's in october not a good time in corvallis this year (laughs) um but i think i think you just kind of I think we're going to see how it goes as fall, like as we get closer to fall camp. Um, obviously, like there's no way he's going to be practicing in spring. Nope. Um, so I think it's going to be very, very, very fun to see who wins the Bryson Nate quarterback battle in that spring practices. I mean, I have someone that I think would be a little bit like who I want to see in that position as QB two, but you know, I would love to see Nate Johnson. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, think I thought you were Nate... going to throw out like a wild card candidate. I'm, I'm oh yeah, Matt, I Matt Howard. Matt Howard's <laughs> going to be QB two in the spring. Yeah. No. Um, I think I I would personally like to see um, Nate as QB two. Mm-hmm. I just I just love Nate's game. I think he's great. so great. Like like he's a well, we haven't seen him pass a lot, obviously, but like as a runner, like you see him how like he's very dynamic, and I think mm-hmm. that he is going to be that like that jolt of energy that I think Utah lacked at times last year. I mean, you saw it in towards the end of the season when they started running his packages, like he was like a breath of fresh air on that field at times. So I, I personally would love to see Nate back in there as QB two. Um, it's going to be another full spring for him. He's had a, he's had a couple of games he's played and he still maintained his red shirt. Like he's in a great position to take that QB two job. Um, and like, we've seen what Bryson can do. I mean, you have like his performance in the Rose bowl in like two years ago, which was like, well, it wasn't two years ago. It was like in 2022. Yeah. It's weird Rose bowl timing. <laughs> it's weird, but like, yeah. So it's like you had his performance in the Rose bowl, which was like, you know, that's like great what he did, mm-hmm. but then like you look at it compared to like the Washington state game this year, which is like, that was like, I'm not saying subpar, but like, it was like. It was a struggle at times. It was what like, Bryson more so is. He's, he's yeah. a game manager. He can mm-hmm. contribute and help you win games against Pac-12, but when you're matched up with the elite of the elite and it comes down to more than just one drive, that's who Bryson is. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we're both on the same page in terms of we want to see what Nate can become because we both know, and I think all Utah fans know, Nate's ceiling is a lot higher Nate for Nate is reason. the future. Nate mm-hmm. is the future. I, I, I say with, like, a lot of, like – not, like, confidence, but I, I have some – I have a lot of faith that when Cam leaves – this is going to be Nate Johnson's program. Um, just, just if you look at his athletic ability, his size, mm-hmm. his his speed, like it's the making of another like amazing quarterback for Utah. Like he's right. going to be great, and I think I love Bryson. I think he's a great he's a great guy, and he's he is a good player. But at the same time, a like really good backup, really good backup. But at the same time, like yeah, you said he's kind of a game manager. Like, and mm-hmm. the other thing is, is with Bryce, like Utah has kind and like here's my thing the way that college football is moving now is we're moving like it's not moving it already is at that point where pocket passers just don't thrive mm-hmm. and i feel like bryson is more of that pocket passer who if he has to run he will because you can see at times he's stiff when he's running he's mm-hmm. not very like he's athletic in it but it's not like the same type of athleticism as if it was like Nate running or like yep. Cam or like even Tyler Huntley, if you go back to that, like, and I think that's where college football is moving. I mean, you're already seeing it in the NFL. Like how many pocket passers are left now that Brady's retired? Exactly. They're very like, dwindling. Very Probably good. like you have like Aaron Rodgers and like, that's probably it. Yeah. Like a Kirk Cousins. And yeah. You have like Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. You have like two mm-hmm. yeah. out of 32 teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way that the NFL is moving. The NFL is finally catching up to what college football is doing. Yeah. And it's like, hey, like, 
the future is mobile quarterbacks. And I think Nate is that mobile quarterback. And I know this got very off topic of Cam and his ACL injury if he gets back. But, like, I think, like, realistically, like, yeah. But, like, you have to think that there's going to be some, like, limitations on it. Like, I'm not saying wrap him in bubble wrap and put him out there. But, like, you need to make sure that he's healthy for the games that, like, truly, truly, truly matter. Like, yeah, Florida and yeah, Baylor are important, but, like, if you want to go 3 P in the Pac-12, you need to win that yes. Oregon. You need to win that USC. You need to win that UCLA. You need to win that Washington. Like, you need to win that Oregon State game, like we even mentioned. Like, you need to come in, and you need to win those conference games. And, like, I think, like, we've seen it with Cam before. He's won those big games before. Yes. So, what's to say he doesn't win them again? But I – I'm optimistic that he'll be back for Florida if he is back for Florida, but he's not like a hundred percent. Like you're going to see a lot of subs in of him and Nate. You're going to see a lot more of the Nate packages. You're going to see a lot more creative ways. You're going to see Jaquindon Jackson in as a wildcat. Like you're going to see like, like different ways to run things because of Cam's health. Mm -hmm. So that was a very roundabout and long explanation as to like my reasoning behind maybe, um, but yeah, that's that's where I feel about mm. this this ACL situation. Yeah, well, the next thing we're going to talk about is do we have how much faith do we have in Bryson and Nate, which you basically exactly said mm-hmm. how much faith you have. And I feel the same way. Look, if Bryson is let's say Bryson wins the job, I fully believe that Bryson at leading this Utah offense can help this team beat Florida at home. I don't see Bryson then going in down to Waco and beating Baylor when while. Because like I said, we just know what he is versus Nate Johnson. I can see a world where he shocks the world and does that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't exactly bet. I feel like more than likely what's going to happen if Cam can't go the first three weeks is Utah will go two and one. I do think they'll be able to beat Florida in a good team performance. It's just like I said, there's a lot of disarray in that program. Mm-hmm. Graham Mertz is the definition of a roller coaster quarterback, and he's not going to have a kind of performance that we saw for Anthony Richardson last yeah. year where he just decimated this Utah defense. So yeah, I have a lot more trust in Nate. I hope he wins the job, but Either way, hopefully Cam is healthy. If Cam, I should say healthy with an asterisk because I, I expect if Cam's ready to go these for these first couple games, it's going to look a lot more like the Cam we saw during Arizona and Stanford Cam, who was still good, but like you could just see missed throws and a couple things where mm-hmm. you're like, that's not the Cam I saw versus USC. And then by the time we got to the USC game again and in the first half against Penn State in the Rose Bowl, that's who Cam Rising really was. So it's going to yeah. be really interesting to see how all the health of this shakes out, Sammy. And I will say, like, you always see rust in that first game. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to see that time and yes. time again. But here's something that I, I just thought of. Nate Johnson could be the Anthony Richardson of this game this year. Yeah, in terms of Florida, breaking tackles, I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, not Florida, the same, like, no, body build, but yeah. No, Florida doesn't have film on him. That's true. There was some film on Anthony Richardson because he played some there games. Was a, there was a so slim pickings. There was a slim yes. pickings of film on him. There's a slim pickings of film on Nate right now. So, sliver, you're right. <laughs> so, by that logic, <laughs> Nate could be the Anthony Richardson of this game if Nate plays. Mm-hmm. So, that's just something for people like to it. ponder because, like, you know, everyone was like, well, if we would have had more film on Anthony Richardson, we could have beat Florida because by the end of the season, Florida was like, shambles yeah. when yes so, nowhere near yeah yeah so i think like you know that that's a long stretch for me to compare nate johnson to anthony richardson but like if but you're, I talking you're saying in terms of, in terms of yes the experience in, level and in terms of also i do think in very different ways they have the ability to make guys miss and break tackles nate more so with his quickness versus anthony can just straight up run you over he was and physical. still too yeah i mean he's, there was a reason a lot of people were calling him cam newton 
He did not live up to that comparison. Oh, no, he did not. He season. said, he said, uh, Cam Newton, I'm going to go the opposite direction. Opposite on that. way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now it's going to be really interesting to see what NFL team decides to end up doing with that whole decision is they'll have a chance to draft him. And speaking of the NFL, we're going to talk about Brian Johnson, who's going to be Philly's next offensive coordinator in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drained. As you guys know, NBA season right at that midway point. So all-star game is here. You guys can head over to FanDuel, check out some of their all-star game bets. And of course, after the all-star game, tons of great NBA slate of games coming up as we wind down, getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, Sammy, looking at to the NFL now, Brian Johnson was everyone's dream candidate if Andy Ludwig had gone on to become the offensive coordinator of Notre Dame. That's not going to happen. We'll actually talk about that in a moment a little bit more. But Brian Johnson, I, I think a lot of us knew that wasn't going to be the case, especially because Brian's just done such a great job in Philly. When you look at Jalen Hurts' turnaround, um, Brian Sheen, I believe that's his last name, is the new head coach of the Colts. He deserves a lot of credit for that, too. But Jalen has talked specifically about how great his relationship with Brian Johnson is. And when you can get an offensive coordinator and head coach that is so in sync, I think that's a great thing. This is a great opportunity for Brian that he's going to be the offensive coordinator in Philly. Adam Scheffner reported earlier in the week, he said that um, Brian Johnson had a time. He was really sought after by multiple teams for offensive coordinator positions. And it was respected if Sheen would leave that he would become Philly's offensive coordinator. He has now reported to take that to the bank. So this is a great opportunity for Brian Johnson, a Utah legend who has worked his way up the ranks and, if he balls out as their, if, I should say, if the Philly offense balls out this next year with the way NFL coaching changes work, I think especially like there's a lot of this is some more future NFL stuff, but like if Dallas has a down year, if the Chargers have a down year, like there could be some really great opportunities for mm -hmm. Brian Johnson if he maximizes this season with Philly to become an NFL head coach as soon as next season. Yeah, I, I've I've loved Brian Johnson like my yeah. entire life. Like one of my first memories. <laughs> one of my first memories is actually watching him play in the Sugar Bowl. So it's like mm -hmm. I've like grown up with him and stuff. And so for him to get this like offensive coordinator position at the highest level is like it's something that uh, I'm I know makes Utah fans proud. Like they're like that's our former quarterback. Like woo. Mm -hmm. And like if you really think about it, he has like worked his way up. Like obviously. Yeah. He was the quarterback's coach at Utah. Mm -hmm. Then he was the offensive coordinator at Utah. Yep. Wasn't the best. Then he went to Mississippi State and was at Mississippi mm -hmm. State for a year, a couple of years. Then he went to Houston and he was the offensive coordinator there. And then he went to Florida and then he was hired from Florida to the, uh, to the Eagles in 21. So it's like he's really like mm -hmm. worked his way up the ranks. And it's just it's like it's like one of those feel good stories where you're like, yeah, yes. like, look at you. woo! And I think. I think if we were talking about like Brian Johnson being like an offensive coordinator, like if we we're having this conversation about will Brian Johnson be an offensive coordinator at the next level after he left Utah in 2013, I think the consensus would be no. Absolutely. Because he struggled at Utah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a good run. Like it was just not a good look. But if you really think about it, like he was so young in his coaching career yeah. at that point that like 
there's only so much being a former player can like help you with mm-hmm. at that point. And so I think him really grinding it out, working at, in at multiple different programs in multiple different conferences over multiple different years, like the more experience, the better. It's kind of like, it's kind of like any like job that you're like really focusing on. Like if you're like into like the tech field, for example, like you're going to work on like fine tuning your skills, but like you might go and take like programming classes over here or like programming classes over here because you're going to learn different things from each one. And so I think having him in those different multitude of programs and like franchises, even with the Eagles, like it's doing good. And I know like, like Philadelphia fans actually like him a lot. And I think that that's something you, 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 you usually see like a lot of like play, like teams in the NFL, like their fans, like especially their position coaches, they're like, well, he's not good. Like, mm-hmm. why is it? Min, min, min? Really already flipped on their defensive coordinator. after. This. Yeah, they, they <laughs> did. They said, they said, you got us to the Super Bowl. I bye. And like, he was like gone. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's interesting how this is like, I, I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. Yes. I'm excited to see what he does with Jalen Hurts because like, I think one of the biggest things about being a good offensive coordinator is having a good relationship with your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You see it at Utah with Andy Ludwig and Cam yes. Rising. And I think this is what Philly needs. They have a great relationship with Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts. So I think that's just going to provide dividends on the field. And also, it's not like they're bringing in somebody brand new. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian, like, keeps a good chunk of the stuff that was already in the playbook. If or like, broke, don't fix it. They made the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. If it's broke, don't fix it. Like, you're fine. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't think... Like, I don't think there's going to be any major changes. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, I don't think, I don't see, I don't think we're going to see Jalen Hurts take, like, and their offense just take, like, a massive, like, nosedive yeah. after this season because, like, Brian was in-house. He knows the pro like, program. He knows the franchise. He knows the players. He knows, like, what their skill sets are, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, it's, like, I love this hire. I think it's great. I'm so happy for Brian. I yes. think, I think this is one of those, like, Utah players that really, like, crosses the divide of all utah fans because mm-hmm. you know like there's some players that like people are kind of like split on yeah and i think right. that like i think that brian johnson is like two of them are on the eagles brian johnson and britain covey those are the two that kind of like merge that like that chasm that splits mm-hmm. utah fans at times so i love it i'm happy for brian i think this is great i'm happy for the eagles i'm happy for him i'm happy for his family like fly birds fly i think i think that's what they say i'm not <laughs> fly sure eagles fly, but i guess fly yeah. eagles fly okay <laughs> We were close. We got two out of the three words. Yes. There, so. <laughs> I do think too, with this whole situation, one of the things that makes Brian Johnson so easy to root for is, as you mentioned, like he wasn't supposed to be, he wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be an NFL offensive coordinator. He didn't, it didn't work out as a college one. So why would you think then after that had happened that it worked there? But it also speaks to the point as you were talking about with jobs, like a lot of people, when they first get an opportunity and they sometimes don't work at it, they can learn from that experience. They can grow and then they can eventually become worthy of something even better than that. We see that happen a lot of times, especially at the NFL right now, where these coaches and coordinators are getting these jobs when they're so young. I think a couple mm-hmm. of these guys, we're going to look even like 15 years down from the road now, because some of them, they're not all going to work. We know it's the fact only one team wins the dang Super Bowl each year. So some of these guys aren't going to work out. They might go somewhere else and then they'll become offensive coordinators too. And I think the other mm-hmm. last thing we'll hit on with this too is Brian Johnson. I think one of the reasons that him and Jalen work so well together is neither of them were supposed to be here. I mean, I still remember when he got benched for Tua and that was the right decision at the time. I mean, he was not playing well and that's in that championship game. So they benched him, but then Jalen absolutely bought in dedicated. So it's been so much fun to see them have that success together. And yeah, barring injuries or like retirements, because I know uh, Lane Johnson and uh, trap, no, Jason Kelsey, both could potentially Mm -hmm. walk away. And those are obviously two borderline. Hall of Famers. I think Travis, Jason definitely is a hall of famer at center. 
that would be the only thing that would step them back. But I expect them both to have big years next year. And speaking of big years, the Utah offense is going to be in big for a big year because we know Andy Ludwig is staying with Utah. But there were also some rumors that someone else might be leaving Utah. That wasn't Andy Ludwig. That's on the offensive coaching staff. And that was Jim Harding. I think there was a lot of fear amongst Utah fans. Sammy, we talked about this before we recorded that because um, Harry Heston, I apologize if I mispronounced his name, announced that he was retiring. There was a lot of speculation of like, okay, is Jim Harding going to then end up at Notre Dame too? Because Notre Dame needs an offensive line coach. And while he would have been an excellent choice for an offensive coordinator for the offensive line coach for the Fighting Irish, I don't think Jim Harding was going to leave this team. And I think that was more so just the fear of losing Ludwig kind of bleeding over into other things, Sammy. I'm very happy that they're both staying here. This Utah offense is better for it. And I still believe that, look, we don't know what the future, like long-term for Andy Ludwig is going to be. I'd be surprised if he's here 10 years from now, but I would not be surprised at all if 10 years from now, Jim Harding is the offensive coordinator of this Utah football team. Yeah, and I think I think the reason why Utah fans like thought that if Ludwig goes hard and goes is because of the yep. type of offense that Ludwig runs. Um, mm-hmm. It's very like based in the trenches. It's a lot of run heavy with like the play action. Like you have a lot of options with it, and so like and also this is not even just like a Ludwig thing. Like most offenses, like it needs to start in the offensive line. Absolutely. And then you can kind of like work your way out. And like yeah. Utah was one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12 this year, like mm-hmm. in terms of like sack percentages, stuff like that. Like they're they're no Oregon. They're no Oregon. I yep. will say like mm-hmm. Oregon's like the premier, but like Utah was in that like top, like top half of the conference in terms of like offensive line production. And I think Harding deserves a lot more credit than he gets at Absolutely. times. Like I know like there's I can tell always, you've been hanging out with Brian, by the way. <laughs> there's always one or two games. somewhere right now. <laughs> uh, there's always, like, one or two games a year. Or, like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, like last year. No, was it last year or was it the year before? Oh, well, the USC game. The first the time US- around, USC mm-hmm. came into that game leading the nation in sacks. Utah mm-hmm. didn't give up any. Yeah, and it's like there was that, like, I think it was the – was it, it might have been the 21 season. It was the 21 season where – the first couple of games, the offensive line looked like crap. Yep. And everyone was like, Harding needs to go. Like, get rid of him. Mm-hmm. This offensive line sucks. And then he wins offensive line coach of the year, like, yep. at, by the end of the season. Because it, it was just a matter of, like, mixing and matching players. Like, Definitely. it's like a puzzle. It's a puzzle. You gotta fi- mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to find the pieces that fit with each other yep. to make the offensive line. And he just had – there were some issues that year. There was injuries. There was people – leaving there was like transfers there was a lot of stuff going on in that 21 season and if you look at this season like this 22 season like that offensive line was good like you had a couple of little like substitutions here and there you had players go down with injuries Mm -hmm. and like honestly like I know people were worried when Paul Miley announced he was going he was transferring but like if you really think about it his two backups there was no drop-off in production when Miley went down so I'm not like that's nothing I'm I'm like, yeah, you got to worry about like, like not worry, but like, like who's going to fill the role of Braden Daniels. Cause that was the conversation we had the year before was yeah. who's going to replace Nick Ford. So it's like, it's, you're always going to have that cycle of like, okay, well, who are we going to replace now? And like Harding has stepped up and has like mm-hmm. had those guys ready. And like, you know, that he want he like always tries to have his defense, his offensive line, like two to three deep on every single position yep. at any given point in the season. Like, I don't know, like maybe, like I don't know how many offensive co- offensive line coaches would have it that deep. Yeah. Usually, you'll have like, okay, well, we have our here's our two deep, but then we have like a couple of reserves that are going to be ready just in case. But like Harding's like, he's like bam, 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 bam. Like he has everything set up on that line. So 
I think that's why people were worried because, like, that's yeah. the other thing that sometimes, like, there's one game you're going to hate a coach, but then the next game you're going to love that coach. Oh, yeah. And it's just because of the opponent you're lining up against. Different mm. schemes, different situations you have to deal with. It's just a lot. And so I think have keeping Harding and, like, obviously the bigger win in this situation is keeping Ludwig here in Salt Lake yep. because if they lost him after before this season, like, that is, like, like yeah, sound the alarms like mm-hmm. we're it's like the ship is going down already kind of yep. thing because like you have so many guys that came back for this final season so it's like you just it's just it's it's that's the bigger win in this situation i just want to like i know utah fans know that but like yeah this is the bigger win is keeping ludwig here in the in the current yeah. moment because there was no like it was rumored that harding was going to go but it was never like confirmed that Harding was gonna yeah go. there was never any major there was never any like verbal thing. like hey Harding's going like mm-hmm. it was always just kind of like it was hey, fear taking over like possibly there's a chance that if Ludwig goes Harding's gonna go with him so mm-hmm. but, yeah. but either way it works out for Utah now they're both still with the team and they're set up for success in 2023 you know what else is setting up for success for 2023 in terms of postseason play that's the Utah women's basketball team we're going to come back and talk about them Ooh. in a moment because they have been absolutely dominant on the floor currently the fourth ranked team in women's division one basketball it's the highest ranking they've ever held we are going to talk about them in a moment but first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at RC Willie RC Willie is hiring delivery drivers in Salt Lake area if you're looking for a rewarding crew with a great group of people come work for RC Willie Utah's largest home for Furnishing store RC Willie is currently hiring for delivery drivers at their warehouses by the Salt Lake City Airport. Delivery drivers are the face of RC Willie, and they're looking for great delivery drivers in the northern Utah area. Compensation for delivery drivers is $24 an hour during training, and our average delivery driver makes $50,000 to $80,000 per year. RC Willie offers a $1,000 sign-on bonus and hands-on training, including CLDL training, but no CDL is required right away. Many of their employees have been with them for over 20 years, too. With a modern fleet of delivery trucks, RC Willie provides themselves prides themselves on going the extra mile for their customers and their employees. RC Willie Associates say they love their job and the benefits are great, and the culture at RC Willie is one of the best. Come make a difference and join America's home furnishing store of choice. Apply online at rcwillie.com slash jobs. That's rcwillie.com slash jobs. Sammy, this turnaround for this Utah women's basketball program from, I think, back to the point of the starting point of the 2021 season to the 2020 to the 2022-2023 season now, when Lynn Roberts' job starting that 2021 season was kind of still up in the air, you know, Utah women's Mm -hmm. basketball has struggled, and now she's already a finalist for one of the Coach of the Year awards, as she absolutely should be helping this team become top four. Um, Gianna Neatkins, Jenna Johnson have both done a great job continuing to grow their games in their second year. Um, Alyssa Peely, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Sammy, I don't think there's a transfer player, Portal of the Year player, but I think if there was, I think Alyssa Peely would absolutely win it because she's for this Utah team. They have been sensational. you got to love the way they move move the ball 22 and two overall. They got some huge games coming up against Arizona. And then about two weeks from now, the 25th, they'll take on Stanford too. It is going to be an absolute fun way to see how that all goes down for this Utah women's basketball team. And they are an absolute juggernaut. Oh yeah. And, and like you said, like this has been, this has been a a, a thing that's been developing the last couple Mm. of years. I'll say like last year they started picking up steam like they were, they made it to the tournament last year. Yeah. They did lose. They did lose in like those. Like they lost to Texas. But they won a game in the tournament. They did win it. The end. They made mm-hmm. it to the second round, but they did lose. So it's like they mm-hmm. made it to the tournament, which was huge progress for Lynn. They made it to the Pac-12 championship game that year too. They did end up losing to Stanford, but like yep. first ever appearance in a Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. You made it to the tournament. You won a game in the tournament, and you made it to the second round. Like those are four big accomplishments in one year, and I think. 
I, there's been a lot of things that have been like like different from last year's team to this year's team, but I think the biggest of which is Alyssa Peely. Mm-hmm. Um, she is just she is a monster. Like Lynn has talked mm-hmm. about how like Alyssa was the thing that they were missing because they always had they had the shooters on the like on the outside, but they didn't have oh. somebody on defense. And so I think Alyssa was that like that key that they needed. Um, you know, she's averaging 20 and a half points per game, eight, five and a half rebounds over like five and five point eight. She's yep. just an absolute like monster. She leads the team in scoring. Like she's just so good. And like if we want to talk about clutch performances, Alyssa Peely has had a has had oh, yeah. two at games that have happened at the Huntsman Center. The first one was the first time that Utah played Arizona. She mm-hmm. hit two free throws to one to tie the game and one to win the game with like 0.08 seconds left or something like that. Like she drew the foul, got the free throws and drained both. And then uh, last, or was it last weekend or was it one, a couple weekends ago, she UCLA. hit the UCLA. She hit the game winning layup. Like she is so good. And like, I, I, I joke about this, that like Glenn's game plan, every game is like, okay, just get the ball to Alyssa, get the ball to Alyssa and like, let her do what she needs to do. But if you look at their stats against Washington last week, last Friday, they had 16 three-pointers. There was like five or six girls who all had one, including Izzy Palmer, who drained it from beyond half court going into halftime. So it's like, this is a team that they're fun to watch. Yep. They're they're really good. They have a very good chance of hosting NCAA tournament games at the Huntsman Center if everything goes to plan. Um, you know, this game against Arizona is big on friday like you need to get you need to get the win there but then you go to arizona state who is the worst in the conference so you go from one of the best in the conference to arizona state who has not won a game in conference like utah hasn't even played against arizona state this year because when they were supposed to come to salt lake they can't they forfeit because of the injuries so like that if you can get out of arizona two and oh like you're you're high flying you are flying yep. high heading into that final week of the season. You know, you have Cal at home, but then everyone there's, okay, here's my thing. This is my little, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second and I'm going to say something. Utah fans go to the game on Saturday. It's at noon. 25th. The 25th. It is $4 tickets right now. GA general admission. Uh-huh. This game is probably going to determine who's the number one seed in the PAC 12 tournament. Yep. Like, Go out, watch this game. They're a good team. Like you're gonna watch. Salt they're a great team. Really, they're a great team. You're gonna get <laughs> mm-hmm. to watch some really, really, really good basketball. You're gonna get to watch basically like two national t- title contenders. If you're talking based on rankings, like three and four are going at it. So that's my little soapbox moment. So Utah fans, like, go out, go watch the women's basketball game. It's four dollars. Take your kids. Take take your family. Like, just hang out. Go to the basketball game for a day because there's. You can't use the NFL as an excuse. There's no <laughs> NFL. So it's like there's the biggest, like, hurdle yep. out of the way. Mm-hmm. So go go out and support the gymna- or not the gymnastics team. Go out and support the gymnastics team. Support them, too. Like, they're doing pretty good, too. They're doing great. <laughs> but, like, go out and support the women's basketball team because, like, you have you have two more chances to see this team before the tournament, before, like, March Madness, unless you, unless you go down to Vegas and watch them. But, like, I'm tr- – like, this is, like – like, this is the start of the campaign now – <laughs> to like pack the huntsman for the stanford game like we like everyone needs to get out and go watch this, these girls like they're fun they are fun 
And I fully endorse your campaign as well because this team deserves support. They have been dominant all season long. I mean, only lose two games is absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. This season started in November. Think about how different things are just in terms of everything from November going on. Think about the position Utah football was in. Over the course of all that to here now, late in February, this team has lost two games. That's incredible. Regardless of what happens at Arizona, we know it's going to happen at Arizona state as we just talked about, and then we'll go into the other ones too. So this Utah women's basketball team is in a great position and they absolutely deserve your guys' support. So make sure you guys head out to that one on the 25th too. It's a great time to be a Utah basketball fan in general right now. The men's team's on the rise a little bit more too, but the women's team in particular is the best basketball team up on the Hill. So make sure you guys get out and support them for that big showdown they have coming up appreciate sammy mora for joining us with Ute zone if you guys want to get more of her content make sure you guys head over to utezone.com they have podcasts and a ton of great written content available at utezone.com also if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day we recommend you check out the locked on college basketball podcast it's their brand new podcast on the locked on network has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place plus you can hear from big name experts insiders coaches and players locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts sammy thanks again for joining us Thank you so much for having me. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.